0: Welcome to the On Target Living Podcast, a place where health and human performance meet.
1: Hello, welcome to another episode of On Target Living. We're diving into part two of the anti-inflammatory diet, although we're not talking about diet. We're going to talk about some other lifestyle factors that will naturally lower inflammation, we talked a lot about specific foods and philosophies when it comes to eating on part one of this anti-inflammatory diet, but today we're gonna to talk about the other important pieces which are resting and moving. We talked all about eating, but we can't leave out the rest and the move.
2: Yeah, and I would I would argue that the rest is the most important. I mean, if, if you most don't- most underrated. Most underrated, hardest to get people to change, hardest for people to wrap their head around. We have a society where we're sleeping less than seven hours a night. We have a society that I've never heard anyone say that they're not in a hurry or they have more time. <laughs>
1: that's,
2: a, that's why we have higher inflammation. You have, if you have less time in your life, I, this is something I'm just making up right now. If you have less time in your life, you're going to have more inflammation. I, it's, it's that simple because you're not going to have the recovery. And the last piece is we have more stuff coming at us. And so if we don't have add more recovery, that's that's the problem. And so I think we need to to cover these topics if we want people to reduce inflammation. You,
0: so, you know, it's it interesting. I was over at the Michigan Athletic Club the other day, which is a large, gigantic club that I worked at many years. And one of my really good buddies over there is Norm Young. And he's multiple, multiple uh, national champion in handball in fact he taught me handball years ago and I and he's Norm's in his mid 70s now and he's playing in the nationals coming up well he just broke his wrist he fell oh. and then recently he's playing he's playing with a broken wrist and he loses his balance and he falls on his hip that was oh. been replaced oh, no. so I see him at the club the other day and Norm is asking me should he can he start running again and he's got four weeks before the national championship doubles So he wants to play with this guy and they'll probably win. I go, Norm, what are you doing? You need, and he has tons of inflammation. Mm -hmm. I said, Norm, you need to get in that pool and move your body around. You mean I can't run? I go, no, Norm, how's running feel to you right now? He goes, it's killing me. Mm -hmm. I said, so that's the mentality many times when people think when they have this inflammation, your body's talking to you and now the mode of exercise for you is not, being running and going in the handball court, the modality right now is getting in the pool and allowing your Slowing body to, down to you Slowing
1: down so that you can get Slowing down
0: ahead. for you to be better. Yeah. And he just doesn't understand the mentality.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I just, and then I see him yesterday and I said, hey, you not, should not be in here. You should be in that pool. So next time I come in the club, I'll be <laughs> looking be in, in the pool. pool for you. Or
1: the cold plunge. Or
0: the cold plunge or all these things, the foam roller, all these things that, again, I think, like you said, many people just don't. Mm-hmm. understand that to help the body recover and decrease this inflammation, you've got to bring in that rest component.
2: Yeah. So our, our three pillars are rest, eat, move, and they're in that order actually, and in very intentionally. So if you look at a hierarchy, if you don't sleep and you don't breathe right, the rest of the thing's going to crumble. If you want true optimization, now we can get by with, we can get by with a couple hours of sleep. We can get by with breathing very crumbly through our chest but to to feel our best and that's what we're talking about. So, Kristen, let's start with rest. And, you know, what does rest mean to you when you're trying to teach people how to lower inflammation and reduce pain? Cuz I think inflammation and pain are connected.
1: Yeah, so I mean rest is just kind of downtime, time for your body to recover because we're going so fast. We're always on autopilot. We're moving, you know, a million miles an hour every single day. That it just allows us to slow down and just start to pay attention to how we feel. And I think of the most powerful form of rest uh, as sleep because that's really calorie-free energy. It energizes your body. You just wake up feeling like you can conquer the world. Lately, I'm not getting my 10 hours of sleep that I used to get pre-baby.
2: 10 hours of sleep?
1: Yeah, I'm like a 10 hour. She's
2: not working hard enough? You need to work more.
1: I go to bed very early.
2: Ah, Sure. So yeah,
1: we're working on that, but yeah, I used to get 10 hours of sleep a night and now I have a four month old and he's up like every three hours at night and it is amazing how you can adapt, adapt. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I'm seem normal, don't I today, mm-hmm. but you can feel it and it does kind of catch up to you. So I do think it's important and for a lot of different things, just because it can help your body to just repair and recover when you take that downtime.
2: We all had different teachers, but all of us were taught this principle of fight or flight. And so what's the opposite of fight or flight?
0: Rest and digest.
2: And and that to me is so profound. And when I talk to audiences, a hundred percent know fight or flight. Mm-hmm. I would say less than one percent even knows what the heck I'm trying to get to when I say what what's the opposite? They're like, uh, I don't know. I'd ever listed that far. But it's rest and digest. And so if you don't have rest, you can't have good digestion. If you don't have good digestion, you're gonna create inflammation. And so this is how this loops all around. Is in my when I'm trying to teach this is if you want to actually feel better, you're gonna to need to add more rest. You're gonna to need to do less. And that's tough for people to think about because we have this if you don't do more. You know you're gonna you're gonna fall behind. I, I think we're actually doing we're, we're, we're doing less with more when we could actually do more with less if we add some of these recoveries. So let's talk about a couple rest and rejuvenation tactics. what What can people think about and and actually do? Because it's not what you know. Everyone knows they need to get some recovery, but what are some easy things for people to do when it comes to recovery?
1: Well, I'll start, I know we're not necessarily talking about diet, but just to throw out certain foods that are really good for recovery are just calming magnesium foods. So yes, we talked about the ancient grains and the greens and cacao nibs, but also Epsom salt. So Epsom salt is the highest source of magnesium on the planet and you can throw it in a bath. So two cups in a bath, you can soak and it's really great for pain, inflammation, because it's so high in magnesium, it can really help you to get that good deep night sleep. So I always find that if I am having issues sleeping, even now when I'm not getting enough sleep, it allows me to get better quality sleep just in the, the few hours that I am sleeping. Well, and I, I,
0: you know, again, sleeping magnesium is again. So magnesium foods, whether it's real cacao or, mm-hmm. you know, coconut or greens or you know, date figs, raisins, chia seeds. There's lots of options. But the thing I, I just did a stress seminar recently, and I had people basically pay attention to their breath mm-hmm. and understand great. diaphragmatic breathing and how powerful diaphragmatic breathing is and how it slows the body down and calms the body down and. We're not taught this stuff. Mm -mm. And so when you teach people how to do diaphragmatic breathing, and then if you do maybe a one to two ratio, where it's one, you know, like say three seconds inhalation, six seconds exhalation, that really calms the body down. We know right now doing this in schools, Mm -hmm. where they're creating some stillness with the kids, help them work on their breathing, they're actually asking for it. So for me, when I'm thinking about how do you decrease inflammation for people, we got to slow them down first because we know Mm -hmm. rejuvenation is the magic. We all know that, you know, if you break a limb, what do you need to do? You need to rest the limb, allow it to heal. The same thing goes with the whole entire body. So breathing is a big one to teach people to help them slow down.
1: So give our listeners just a simple tutorial of if they wanted to start to slow down and incorporate the diaphragmatic breathing, how would they do that?
0: I just have them just say, okay, I'm going to take two minutes, just block that off and maybe it's a 30 second diaphragmatic breathing break. So it's just a real simple, again, inhalation, the belly goes out, exhalation, the belly comes back in, you can put your finger right on your navel, close your eyes, breathe only through your nose, Mm -hmm. and try that for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And if you did that a couple of times a day, and again, like Matt said at the beginning, it's not what people know, it's what they practice. Mm -hmm. So it's a practice of actually intentionally slowing down. And many times when you create stillness, it's how it cleans the brain everything and then then you're like oh gosh this is quiets the mind Mm -hmm. and which leads to better digestion Mm -hmm. so if we can step back create some stillness create a little bit of space that's really where i i had a guy that came in here recently and super high performer and i had him work on diaphragmatic breathing and it was like i i you thought i was pulling his teeth out I mean, it was so hard for him mm-hmm. to create stillness in his world because yeah. he's not used to it,
1: mm-hmm. and, and that's what. They and mean. he had a
0: ton of inflammation; he, every his whole body was inflamed. So again, whether you look at his blood work or just talking to him, or looking at his skin, or how mm-hmm. he feels, and he was a young guy, but again, you know, everybody wants to start out with, "Hey, let's give me these foods," or "What medications am I taking for inflammation?" Mm-hmm. In reality, we got to start with the rest Mm -hmm. and digest
2: so how how does sleep actually reduce inflammation what's the science behind sleep and
0: reducing inflammation well sleep does everything i mean when you think about how the body repairs itself whether it's repairing the the immune system we know immune system is compromised by 10 to 15 percent just with one or two hours less of sleep so serotonin levels are built hormonally the body gets out of balance so again when we're not sleeping and again creates lots of inflammation we know right now that amyloid plaques are a big part of alzheimer's and you get amyloid cleansing going during REM sleep so if i'm not sleeping I'm gonna have problems with my gut, I'm gonna have problems with my immune system, and I'm gonna have problems with my brain. Mm-hmm. So the human body, when you think about amyloid plaque buildup, we know that from Alzheimer's that's a inflammatory response, which creates havoc in the brain. So there's a lot of ways to understand how powerful sleep is. And you know, you know, Brady, if Brady's not sleeping, um, you know, Matt has two young kids, these things are all magical for you trying to heal get your kids to not only perform better, feel better, and, mm-hmm. and be optimally healthy. But in our society, as you said at the very beginning, we're sleeping less than we've ever slept in, since our existence. Mm-hmm. So what,
2: what can people do to improve their sleep? What are a couple a couple things? What, what do you do, Kristen, other than uh, My bass. Have, have Brady sleeping <laughs> with Grandma?
1: <laughs> Brady's with Grandma today. That always helps. He doesn't seem like he's not rested. He's rested. I'm just not rested. He goes to bed at seven, so I may have to start doing that. But I love Epsom salt baths. And then, just recently, because I went to your stress seminar, gazing at a candle, a flame on a candle is just—it slows you down. It's
0: candle gazing. Really,
1: yeah, it's really fun to Dr. look at. Doctor Phil
0: Nirenberger taught me that years and years ago. Or a bonfire,
2: yeah. or any flame.
1: Yeah, any flame. And you know, I always light a candle when I'm. Sitting at my desk, I, I especially light in the afternoon because I feel like it just makes the environment a little bit more peaceful. But now I'll just take a few seconds to gaze at it. And then, of course, um, I do a lot with essential oils. So I, especially when I was on maternity leave, just every morning would get up, put some essential oils in there, whether it was focus or attention or oils geared towards different things, and then just play some really relaxing kind of calming music. Those are some of my things I do on a regular basis.
0: So when you do the candle gazing, again, I was taught candle gazing years ago by Dr. Phil Nirenberger, but the big thing about candle gazing, it allows you to, it's kind of like beginning of learning how to meditate. Yeah,
1: it's like a meditation.
0: And so what do you feel when you're doing candle gazing? What kind of hits you that you saw it and you started playing around with it, but what would you tell the listeners what they can expect?
1: I just think it's a really good way to still the mind. You're not, in a weird way, you're not thinking about anything else. It really grabs your attention. And I think a lot of people will say, well, I'm just not good at meditating. Meditation is just where you're connecting your breath with stillness. You don't have to be good at it, you just do it.
0: It's practice. And again, as Matt said, you know, whether it's looking at a bonfire or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's a way to allow you to calm the brain and you're not blinking. So the goal is not to blink while you look at the candle and you can do that for 30 seconds to a minute. I had a gentleman the other day, we did it for 2 minutes and it was amazing. He said how I just calmed his brain down.
1: And then I think when when you're calm, then that's where you can get into that creative state and things come to you. I know you say this a lot. Like you're in the shower and things come to you at night when I am sleeping. I do sometimes just have a notepad next to my desk because things come to me and as a speaker like you you need that and you want that and you want to give like new and and fresh kind of information so in order to get into your creative state you really have to still the mind
2: and so that helps you sleep and then what about the environment
0: yeah so me for me again and sleep's really important that's number one uh, the dark environment, the cool environment, I'm really ad- adamant about. And again, you can do, you know, the chili pads are out now and there's lots of ways to keep the body cool while you're sleeping, but it's got to be dark. You know, some people use a sound machine.
1: Cool, like 65 degrees 65 or less. 65 degrees or
0: less. So again, it's it's important to me. I make sure I'm trying to get outside and get some natural sunlight during the day. Again, back to the magnesium and then create this amazing environment. And then turn my electronics off. I'm a Mm -hmm. big, I I don't, it's not an issue for me, but I try to let people understand that like shut down the electronics. Mm -hmm. And again,
2: circadian rhythm gets delayed 90 minutes looking at your devices. So So
0: these are all ways to help kind of get your sleep back to normal. But the big one is, is just stepping back and say, what time do you think
2: most people should try to get into bed? Brady's in bed at seven.
0: Well, it's interesting. the average.
2: The average American <laughs> that's not working a night shift is getting actually to bed closer to midnight.
0: Well, if you're getting, or we're averaging less than six and a half hours of sleep. So I, I personally, I'm I turn into a pumpkin around ten o'clock. So I'm going, I'm I'm locking it down pretty much by ten thirty. I'm asleep.
2: Because most, because most days you're going to have to wake up around six, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at... you know, Is it possible
2: to get eight hours if you wake up at six, <laughs> you, uh, but you, you go know, I've, to I've bed i say that. Hey, you go to bed at
0: midnight and get up at six, and they think they're getting eight hours. I'm like, ah, do the math on that, but...
1: I think a good rule is go to bed or get in bed when it's dark outside, when it starts to get dark. I mean, in the winter, that could be like five, six yeah, o'clock. Yeah, you live in
0: Chicago. You're like 5.30. You want to be in bed. If it's dark
1: outside, you be in bed. You told me this a while ago, and it never... Like, hit me until now, when I was a teenager and getting in all sorts of trouble, you had always said, and I'd want to stay out past midnight or whatever, and you'd say, nothing good happens past midnight. And I thought, you know, as a teenager, everything good happens after midnight. Now, nothing good happens. You need to get in bed. I mean,
0: you can do it once in a while, but the point of it is, is you want to create a habit, like Matt said, circadian rhythms. When am I going to bed? When am I getting up? Is it relatively consistent? And for me personally you know, it's that 10 to six, that's my range. Mm -hmm, That's a
2: good, you know, one of the the challenges I see with sleep is we're actually studying the effects of sleep so much more than 50 years ago, because one 50 years ago, no one struggled with sleep. It wasn't something to study. Now that we're studying it, it's coming out that there's all these reasons that we sleep, but I still think the challenge is many people don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, everyone knows sleep's important. Anyone that's not sleeping is like, yeah, this, this is not fun. I'm trying to sleep, but couple things in the environment getting away from the blue lights and your devices the epsom salts will give you the magnesium Um, keeping yourself cool trying to do some stuff throughout the day don't wait until nighttime to get the mind still because if you if you wait to to when you're trying to go to bed to get the mind still you have a lot of stuff still to accomplish so sleep really will heal the body and Uh, more than ever we're finding out it's going to heal the mind and it's our number one preventer of cancer of anything we can do so from an inflammatory response sleep needs to be high on your list and eight hours is is the amount of time we all should be shooting for if we want to go after the source so let's move into some other recovery rejuvenation things people can do you know walking in nature using a foam roller what, what are some massages, other massages,
1: vacations,
2: what cold plunges are very popular, especially with uh, social media? What, you know, these things we were lucky to have a cold plunge at our health club for
0: the last 25 years. That's not a new concept, but uh, well, it's not always comfortable. But anytime you add cold to body, you're you're going to feel rejuvenated and you're going to decrease that inflammation So whether it's a cold shower, hot and cold shower, it's amazing when people do that. Now, it's not easy to do. Um, We were up in northern Michigan last weekend, and we went into Mullet Lake. And one of the Mm -hmm. guys I was with, he was like, this is unbelievable how my body feels because it was really, really cold. So I'm not asking people to jump in an Mm ice-cold lake, but again, how powerful is that water when it's cold but you know all these different things for me it's it's creating some stillness in my day my breathing i pay attention to my sleep do i get a massage once or twice a month um am i doing some daily stretching all these things micro breaks micro breaks these things all add up to um making my body feel amazing or better and then um allowing the body to have less inflammation or, or create more balance in the body
1: And I think the environment is big, too. Like, if you just make, you know, maybe you do have a lot of high, you have a lot of stress at work. Well, maybe you can make your office some sort of stress reliever. Maybe you're lighting a candle. Maybe you have some lavender essential oil going. So wherever it is you spend the most time, just make that place, you know, as, as, recovery is possible yeah and i I like
0: you know we did this with brady yesterday we picked him up at the airport you guys flew in and Mm -hmm. you know he was kind of fidgety and we went to the store and then i put (laughs) i left him
1: in the car with him when i went into the grocery store
0: we just i just thought you know i'm going to put on the spa music for Uh brady and it's very relaxing and calming so Mm -hmm. that again could be another way to help people calm and yeah during the day it
1: sure helps him that's
0: how often do you guys get massages
1: i'd say once a month
0: I try to get twice a month, but I would say I probably average more than like once a month.
2: So, you know, many people, uh, a pedicure, manicure can be relaxing. A massage can be relaxing. You got to find things where you're plugging it in because it's harder than ever or busier than ever. Mm -hmm. But we're going to start with today understanding rest equals digestion. And we know if we have good digestion, we reduce inflammation. So from the basics of understanding human physiology you start giving yourself recovery you're going to lower that inflammation Mm -hmm. and let's move to this last pillar and we'll wrap up part two of the the inflammatory diet how to reduce inflammation with movement how can movement reduce my inflammation i thought movement actually increases my inflammation and i'll share one story i do this program for uh, the michigan state police and my last session with them after Two weeks of them going through a leadership class is a restorative movement. And the whole point is to show them movement can help the body actually feel and uh, perform really well. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to be sweating or moving Mm -hmm. the body in a form that makes you hurt.
0: Well, I just love the word restorative movement where the body is relaxing the body, quieting the mind anytime you add movement to the human body the body, the mind starts to relax and so i call it you know cleaning my brain mm-hmm. anytime i add Washing movement yep anytime i have movement to my body it feels like it washes or cleans my brain so that's a big part of it if i'm having the things that are stressful to me which could lead into inflammation anytime I add a little bit of movement that starts to disappear so again as simple as it sounds just movement doesn't have to be sweating and then we start paying attention to posture and body alignment. I see so many people have muscle skeletal inflammation it's just simple basic movements that you start creating more body alignment we were just mentioning this doing a wall extension it's a great exercise to help your back so if your neck is bothering you, your back's bothering you all that kind of stuff all that adds up to you know inflammation so I I, and I and we've done this a straight legged lunge put your hands against the wall people have knee issues you put them in that position that doesn't hurt them at all Mm -hmm. back to alignment so if the body's having a lot of issues where your knees are bothering your hips are bothering your back's bothering your neck whatever really start paying attention to your posture and your body alignment and then start adding some restorative movements to that
2: Where, where do you guys see the most inflammation when it comes to muscular skeletal where are you seeing people hurt the most
0: I think it's always I mean it's the big it's the neck it's the shoulders and the back and then and, the knees knees and hips and ankles whatever it's all connected so everything begins from the ground up
2: so let's just let's just use a case study what if someone has had a really uh, just sore shoulder arthritis uh, maybe they tore the rotator cuff what would we start them or get them to understand
0: Well, one thing is they got to create space in their AC joint. So if the chest is up and the shoulders are down, you have this little space where the rotator cuff muscles come through, it's like a super highway. And as you create more space, you unclog the traffic jam. So as the body chest is up and the shoulders are down, it's a great thing to understand that you create more space and whether it's laying on a foam roller, doing a standing up dog, down dog, fantastic to create more space. So anybody that has neck issues or shoulder problems, you start creating more space. Body starts to. And heal what's itself. what's
2: the natural way that our posture, we're in? Like what?
0: Well, we're always losing the battle of gravity. So the shoulders start to round. Head moves forward. Head weighs, you know, six to eight pounds. So you again now I have neck issues. My traps are inflamed. My rotator cuffs just scrunched. Which leads to upper back issues, which leads to a lot. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the hip bones connected to the.
1: Then we need things for pain and And inflammation. Yeah.
0: So again, everybody, I got back pain. Well, I I get back pain on on a regular basis because I play a bunch of stupid sports that puts me sometimes in position. But when I create more restorative movements Mm -hmm. and do my Epsom salt baths and getting massages, then I can. And I'm older and I can come right back. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not even afraid of like put myself out there Mm -hmm. because I know if I do my certain open up the SI joint and work on different exercises, that it's just a matter of a day or two that I'm going to be right back to it. And now I'm not limiting my capacity to Mm -hmm. want to do stuff where I have so many people like I can't do that anymore. Well, I get it. We're all aging, but you keep narrowing your what you want to do and to me that's the magic of the human body the body can continually grow and expand increase that capacity if you slowly have progressions and I think movement is a big part of that
1: Well, and you can train to do the things that you really love to do yeah I mean move your body in a way that allows you to do all the things that you love
0: yeah I mean Matt and I went to big sky skiing and as time goes on it was funny because we're at the bottom of the tram and they're talking about hey did you see those 60 year olds going up on the top of the tram and I'm like (laughs) What are you're you like ta- watch this? Watch what are you talking about? But again, you're training, you know, to keep your body feeling good so you can do some of the fun things you mm-hmm. want to do. Yeah. Definitely. Whether it's golfing or tennis or whatever.
2: Yeah, I think the the best thing we teach for a restorative movements that dynamic warm-up and foundations cuz one, I think most people neglect that form of exercise whether they're not exercising at all or even people that do exercise on a regular basis, they don't think about their posture and alignment. And more important, they don't think about their balance. And if people can't have good balance, mm-hmm. it's really hard to be in good posture.
1: Or flexibility.
2: Yeah. And and, and and so, you know, I think from a restorative standpoint, movement is essential. If your body is not in alignment, let's just say your shoulder is not in alignment with your ears when you're standing upright, then you know that they're gonna, there's going to end up being inflammation because you're causing your causing.
0: And I like what you you said earlier. I find a lot of people like when we're doing big conferences and we're doing these dynamic warm up foundations, and many of them will ask me, "Is you know, is this is this doing anything?" And I want to just hit them in the head, like this is stuff that you're not doing, so you're a little bit out of balance. Mm-hmm. So and then I I have to put my stupid hat on and I said, "Okay, let me let me throw these things to you. Can you do this?" balance pose and the answer is no can you do this the answer mm-hmm. is no so now you're compromising your performance in many things mm-hmm. you know I was training with Walt Reynolds a while back and I ruptured my patella tendon. and I got three screws in my knee and he's saying when you squat what's your limiting factor and I said well it's my knee and he said you know I don't really think it's your knee I think it's your ankle so we started working on ankle flexibility. He was exactly right. Wow. So I'm some today I'm doing lots of restorative movements that we actually have on our website for my ankle and calf, which leads into why I don't have any calf issues anymore. I can run things. and I can play paddleball and not worry about pulling my calf anymore when reality is. So again, back to, am I stretching? Am I doing the right stuff? I thought I was, but really reality, I was not doing these restorative movements. Yeah. And you have a lot of people have carpal tunnel, mm-hmm. simple exercise to work on your wrist and your fingers, mm-hmm. because we always start with extremities. That's where most of the inflammation starts. My feet start to bother mm-hmm. me, my ankles bother me, my fingers, my wrist, mm-hmm. my neck. So we that's where these restorative movements come in to help that inflammation and help the body perform and be its best.
1: Well, and I think everyone struggles with balance and flexibility and we lose those things as we age. And Right after I got off maternity leave, I had an event for like a huge conference of financial advisors. Well, most of them are men. Well, the next morning I did a workout session with them and they probably thought, what is she going to do with us? You know, there was a yoga option and then there was this power hour option with me. And we did balance and we did flexibility. We did dynamic warm up foundations. We did some things just with our own body weight. And then I saw the meeting planner who planned the whole event you know, an hour later. And she said, what did you do to all those men? They came downstairs and they looked like they were exhausted. They were all sweaty. They were all out of breath. And I'm like, we really didn't do a lot. We did basic stuff, but that's what people get away from. And I think people always want to lift the heavy weights and that this is the stuff that really challenges your body and puts you to the test, I think.
0: In certain movements... As what we're talking about, help restore the body and heal the body, which leads to more balance in the body, which leads to less inflammation.
2: So we have videos that you can watch, but let's leave the listeners um, on this part two of inflammatory diet, the rest and the move. What are the couple things people should do from a movement standpoint? If they really have some pain, some inflammation, want to improve their alignment, what are some of the core movements uh, we should think about?
0: Well, I would go to the website and just look at the dynamic warm-up, which takes a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you pick out two to three foundational exercises. For me personally, a wall extension, a standing up dog, down dog are really basic, easy things you can do during the day as a micro break mm-hmm. to help your body feel fantastic. It's, it's again, many people believe an exercise that I'm just going to work out hard. And I'm not doing any of the rest of the day when reality is all these different restorative movements should be part of your day Mm -hmm. to help you versus getting into a position where my body's now killing me and I have to go through rehab or whatever. So these are restorative movements that I try to incorporate my day, you know, throughout the day.
2: I I think I just don't know why anyone wouldn't use a foam roller daily. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you don't like exercise, here's an exercise for you. Lay down. And you can close your eyes and you can just lay on this foam roller. But it really does work magic because it, it lines up the spine and mm-hmm. and allows good. that maybe that shoulder that's bothering you or
0: that neck to, to relax for the first time maybe ever. And I think you, I was noticing the other day you had somebody you're working with. And sometimes we're just not even aware that these basic, simple exercises are res- so restorative. Which leads to less pain. And for
2: many, it can actually be hard. Mm -hmm. And it can
0: be actually hard. Once you, again, how the nervous system works, you got to learn how to, how does the scapula work? Mm -hmm. How does the body work? So as the body alignment and posture gets better, actually your intensity goes up.
2: So, so a lot of, so I had a young lady in here last week that struggles with migraine and she has horrible posture. Kristen, talk about your, your world, you know, your friends, your people you're around, As women on bad shoes and outfits, and how do you how do you teach people how to improve their posture? And do most women that you know tend to have bad posture know or are thinking about improving it?
1: Yeah, I mean these these exercises are the superfoods to exercise because they do so many different things. And I think as women. We're carrying a million bags. We have a purse on one shoulder. I know just getting back from maternity leave, I held a baby for three months straight. My posture's all messed up. But what kept me going is, yeah, I didn't have a lot of time to go to the gym and pump weights, but what felt really good to me was yoga and these foundational poses, which are just simple yoga poses, because it is a lot of stretching. It's a lot of flexibility. It's a lot of opening up your chest it's doing these things that are actually going to feel good. So i think when people start to have a lot of these issues like migraines, they need to look at exercise and just their body from a mindfulness perspective. Be mindful of the movements you're doing. Only do things that make you feel good, right? And just pay attention to your form and your posture because again, your body's talking to you. Something's out of balance, something's out of whack, and it really starts with just some of these kind of simple things and I think of yoga as just the best form of mindful movement because you're connecting your breath with the movement and you're allowing yourself to just be more present in your exercise because I see so many people at the gym who they're on their phone, they're multitasking while, while they're on the Stairmaster. I mean, that is not going to allow you to like recover and unwind and help but your But posture. it's burning calories. You know, they're hunched over, they're on like, you know, a 20 level going as fast as they can and it just It's about doing things the right way and being more mindful about the things that make you feel good.
2: All right, so let's wrap up uh, part two of uh, the inflammatory diet. We want people to use their body, to use the cues, to understand that pain can be a, a positive thing. Obviously, nobody wants to have pain forever, but use that to try to find the source of the problem. What we've talked about these last two podcasts are how you can rest how you can eat and how you can move. And if you, you think that way, we can go after some of the source of what causes in, inflammatory responses in the body. And, and for us, we think rest is critical. And then from a movement standpoint, I always ask this to my audience. Who wants to move in the future? I hope everybody wants to move mm-hmm. in the future. That means we got to move today mm-hmm. uh, if we plan to move the same way uh, later on. So any, any last-minute things that you want to share? I could use that one. I haven't used that one. I like and that. They steal, they steal my well, stuff. Well, the
1: anti-inflammatory <laughs> diet, it's so much more than just eating certain foods. It's a whole lifestyle, and it's what we teach at On Target Living. It's resting, it's eating and moving, and it's having fun along the way. I wish I could hang out with you guys every day. And
2: next time, Kristen, we got to work on our pull-ups. She's Long getting back slackin'. in
1: the... i got to work on my strength training. I've been doing a lot of yoga, but I need the balance. I need more strength training in my life.
2: Alright, thank you. We'll see you next time and try to improve the source of your inflammation instead of covering it up.